When the last vampire is extinct, who will mourn her passing? Will she? Hey guys, before this episode starts, I just want to quickly say that uh, I, Jerry, am a little off on this episode because I had spent the week getting used to new medicine. I had a really rough week dealing with anxiety and depression, so please forgive that and enjoy the episode. This story takes place in the distant future. When mutants and demons slither through a world of darkness. Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and joining me today is of course the ever-quotable Jay. What a wonderful night this has been. For the first time in 100 years, I haven't been bored once. Well, that's going to change. And the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi. I just wanted to pause at how cute that high was. I felt (laughs) it needed it. I'm a little taken aback. I'm swooning a little bit. Maximum swoonage. Swoon. (laughs) So... Uh, Take the time to, to to just say that word. Say it. What? Say it slow and enjoy it. Swoon. Swoon. <laughs> I hope this podcast swoons you. It, re- it reminds me of that thing in Damn Donnie Darko where she's like the greatest the greatest words in the world. Cellar door. That say that was swoon. A, I always thought that was interesting, and I was like, I want. I I never looked into it, but is there really a thing that cellar door is the like m- most beautiful combination of words? Is that? Uh, what I don't have. Yeah, I don't have any idea. Or... I've always been kind of curious at that. So anyway, uh, while Jay apparently is looking that up, uh. So, a quick little update for Kill the Cast. It's been a little bit. Um, That's because there's been a lot of personal stuff going on in everyone's life. But we're back together. um, And we are now uh, affiliated with Legion Podcast Network. So, we're pretty stoked to be uh, joining those guys. And on top of that, Jay and I have been doing a news show called News from the Noose. That has been pretty fun to do. Uh, Jay's been the backbone of that. Oh, no, I said I've been having a blast with it. That's <laughs> yeah, it's been My it's been bad. fun looking at all the new releases and just in general talking about uh, the little tiny updates we have in the horror world. Um, and on top of all of that, tonight we are going to be doing a, another anime double feature because the last one was a lot of fun for us. Uh, Jay missed the last one. But he is here for this one. Last time we did Wicked City in Perfect Blue. And tonight we are doing a special request from our buddy Trin, who wanted us to do Vampire Hunter D and Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. So we are going to do that. So let's let's talk about Vampire Hunter D, because I feel like Vampire Hunter D is one of the most underrated um, things in anime, manga, books, period. Because as I was trying to do research for this, there is not a lot of information out there. Um, like, at all. I could not find, like, much about, like, the actual author of Vampire Hunter D, uh, Hideyuki 
Kikuchi. God, I'm terrible at Japanese. Names. I don't know what word you just said. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> Stop swearing at me. <laughs> uh, he is the the man behind the novels, which they were novels first. Because I see this a lot where people are going uh, think that the anime was first, or they think the manga was first, which is really weird because the manga is like the last thing. So I don't know where who, I don't know where people are getting their information. But really, I so I it was novel, anime, manga. Yeah, it was novel, novels. Anime, anime, manga. Really? So the manga didn't get made until after Bloodlust? Correct. The manga did Which came out in like 2000? Correct. <laughs> Jesus, that's weird. Yeah. That's so weird. Uh, and then after manga, there's the comic book. And then after the comic book, there's an anime series that I cannot... I can literally find no new information on. In like the past that's... two years, there has been no updates. Crazy. So I don't know what's happening with that series. But uh, so he originally started these novels in 1983 and they were illustrated by Yoshitaka Amano, who if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you should know who that is because he did a lot of the artwork for uh, the like original run of good Final Fantasy games. <laughs> so uh, there are 26 novels as far as I can remember, 26 uh, for me, I have actually, I've read the first three novels, even though I have like the first five and then I have like books 12, 16 and like 18, but I haven't gotten that far yet. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, there are seven volumes of the manga released in America. The eighth one only came out in Japan and France. That's um, weird. Yeah. And then a, apparently the manga is not going to continue. I can't figure it out. Why I heard I read some rumors saying that the uh, illustrator uh, was injured and can no longer draw. And if that's the case, that's really sad because the artwork for the manga is fantastic. It looks fucking awesome. But I will say this. If you have is not it similar to the anime series, I haven't seen any of the artwork uh, style wise. Uh, no, it's closer to the original artwork by Amano. OK, that's cool. I'm just curious. Um, and, but I will say this. If you're reading the manga and you feel lost as shit, it's okay. Because I've read the first three books in the manga series. And the only reason I knew what the fuck was going on is because I've read the first three novels. While the manga is very beautiful to look at, it is hectic as shit. I had a really hard time keeping up with it. So, with that being said, we're going to get into the first Vampire D movie. Uh, that was directed by Toyu Ishida. Screenplay by Yashushi, Yashushi Hirono. God, I'm, I'm terrible. And it's based off the first book in the Vampire D uh, book series, which is... Um, is that Razor by Gales? Now I can't remember. Fuck if I know. Razor of Gales is volume two. Okay, I think the first one was just called Vampire D in Volume 2's Razor of Gales. Yeah, the first one's just Vampire D. I'm on Amazon. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the basic gist of the first movie is... How do you... Okay, something that happens in the very beginning of this movie is a little still image that tells you in the near future, uh, the world is rule is ruled by like monsters and vampire stuff. The one thing they don't tell you is in the novels, 
the reason the world is like this is because there was World War Three, and we basically nuked all of ourselves to fucking death. And then vampires rose up and became the nobility because they had technology. But then, for some reason, they just all started started dying the fuck off. And it's not really explained why. And in the books, it like you find little bits and pieces, but even then, it's not really explained. Like in the second book, they talk about how vampires have a dark gene and humans have a light gene. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and it talks about like because vampires were trying to figure out how to deal with their weaknesses. You know, like how come how come we're so powerful, but we can be stabbed in the fucking heart by a piece of wood and we die. That makes no sense. How come we can't cross moving water? Why do we hate garlics and Italians? <laughs> like, it, so it's it's cool because it goes through all that, but if you watch va- the Vampire D anime, the, it's this whole, like, old future set. Like, it's Western, but cyberpunk, kind of. It's like... Like the Book of Eli. Yeah, it's it's cyber, cyber Western. It's like if Clint Eastwood meet, met Blade Runner kind of deal. I do like the robot horses. Yeah, yeah well, they're not even... Right. They're technically cyborgs. What? Yeah, yeah, those are cyborg horses. They actually are still part horse. That's weird. Uh, I thought they you, were just straight-up robot horses. No, actually, if you pay attention to the animes, you will see them drink water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, people program weird shit to, for robots to do. I don't know. <laughs> they were just I like, just assume they were like robot horses. You know, this robot horse creeps me to fuck out. Or, I'd be real or continuity error. You know, I don't know. I'd be real more chill about this whole fucking fake robot horse if it pretended to drink water. It actually says it in the first movie that they're cyborgs. Well, yeah, so I missed that. <laughs> so this first movie deals with a young lady named Doris Lang who gets bitten by a noble, uh, Count Magnus Lee, who is named Magnus Lee as an ode to Christopher Lee. Uh, because Christopher Lee was, of course, Dracula in the Hammer films. And that is perfect because this anime has always felt like a Japanese version of a Hammer horror movie to me. Like this I is, concur. Like, the look of it is just fantastic and one of the things i really like about it is it's used use of religious symbols but there you don't hear anyone ever really talk about like jesus or god like bibles and crosses are there but they're never really like used in a religious connotation which i always thought was kind of weird because i don't even like you don't even really see like churches or anything it's very strange. Well, they use isn't there one where they use a cross? Yeah, I know. I said they use cro- the crosses. Uh, they have crosses everywhere. They have in the beginning of the movie, the werewolf like destroys bunches of cross. He rips a cross off of Doris. But like I was saying, they use crosses in Bibles, yet they never really talk about a God or a Jesus or they don't like, do the preaching. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so. Doris Lane is basically chosen by uh, a noble to be his wife because, like Jay said, they get really fucking bored and they need a night where they don't have boredom. So she ends up uh, meeting up. I would prefer several. (laughs) Uh, He's going to get several. 
Well, spoilers. He's definitely no, getting he's penetrated. <laughs> That's true. So, and she meets up with D, who is a half vampire, half human, or a dampier. No. Like. What? In the second one, they give it a completely, I, well, not a completely I'll different I'll get name, to but... that. That's a mistranslation okay. that they've admitted they fucked up on. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. In, in Bloodlust, they call him a Dunpeel. It's a mistranslation. <laughs> it just sounds like a and, terrible fruit. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't understand how they made that fucked up, fuck up. The director was literally there, and English was the first language. English was the first language recorded for that fucking movie. I don't know how you fuck it up when you have the first movie as a reference. I don't need like, like did you not watch the first movie? Yeah, it makes <laughs> no fucking sense that they they one, the director's there. Two, like Jay said, they had the previous movie. Three, the director was fucking there. He was a Japanese director. He's worked with uh uh the the original author of Vampire D. Multiple times. He's uh he's the one, he also directed Wicked City. I'm talking about the director of Bloodlust, not the director of this first movie. Uh, he directed Wicked City and Ninja Scroll. Oh God, I fucking love Ninja Scroll so much. Yeah. So and then on top of that, like literally in, in a very rare instance, English was the first language recorded for that movie. Japanese was done second. So how do That's you funny. fuck that up? Well, at least it started with a D. That's true. <laughs> so, so this first movie involves uh, the introduction of D and him taking on Count Magnus Lee to save Doris Lang. Now, there are two English dubs to this movie. The original dub, uh, also called the Streamline dub, is the one <laughs> you'd got if you bought the Urban Vision VHS or the Urban Vision DVD. <laughs> When they put it to Blu-ray, Sentai Works put out a new dub that would that fixed some of the language, made it closer to the book, and in their opinion, made it sound more professional. Now, to me, I prefer the original dub. So and it's, question, I need a question about this. So did they completely re-record everything yes. or did they just Every, okay everyone so was the voice actors the same no no original voice actors all different okay because so i bought the blu-ray mm-hmm. of the first movie a while ago and when i first watched it i was like is there a different voice actor for the hand because i completely remember yes. the hand sounding differently and i thought i asked i can't remember if i asked you that question or somebody else but i i thought i asked that question and they're like nope same thing but he said i just remember him sounding completely different from what i remember him being granted i hadn't watched the movie uh in years but i was like this person sounds way different than uh yes all completely new people and it's a trade-off i i love the blu-ray D sounded super similar, and the girl sounded how I remember sounding it, but the hand no, sounds completely different. Uh, Doris Lang sounds completely different. Um, I'm just remember, I'm just going by memory. Yeah, like it, D, it didn't trigger until the hand started talking. Does D, the hand have a name? D sounds the same, but the problem with that is D is one of those characters that literally, if you just you do it a certain way, like like if it was Batman, anybody can do it. 
Like, as long as you have... You tell like, that to Christian Bale. Uh, anyone can play... I'm sorry. Anyone can play Batman. It yeah, literally is not hard to play the Batman. I, I was talking um, about the voice. And, and I also think almost anyone can play Bruce Wayne. Like, it's one of those things where, like, if you can do, like, this this kind of quiet, uh, solemn, like, low voice, you can play D. It's, it's just... Because there's three different people who have played D. And all three of them sound pretty similar. So, where you really notice the voice changes are in people like Greco. Where, in the original, he has this really cool voice. But in the... Uh, new dub he just sounds like a weird fucking cowboy (laughs) but the worst voice change ever is count magnus's lee's daughter larica larica god i can't say her fucking name yeah i did not like her Uh, at all larmica her voice change is fucking awful i love her first voice the original dub voice because it's kind of that raspy voice Mm-hmm. Oh man, so good. Super um, hot. I just, I there is no voice. There's some voices in the new dub I think are okay. Doris is okay. Um, Ray Ginson is okay, but just Magnus Lee is worse. Dan's worse. Do you got a digital copy of the original dub? Yeah, last time I was at your house, it was uh, on that hard drive. I told you to copy it. I'm pretty did sure I you did. You might want to check. Uh, but yeah, that it's it's very... There's a lot of different voice changes. But here, I will say this. The trade-off of having the new dub is worth it just because, holy shit, that Blu-ray looks beautiful. Oh, God, the transfer is gorgeous. It, Absolutely. Both of them are. Like, and, it's, and it works... I mean, because if you... I Even if you watch, like, the old Urban Vision, Urban Vision VHS... It's still a good-looking anime. Like, it is good-looking for for its time. Um, so the first time I watched Vampire Hunter D, I rented it, and I'm pretty sure I rented it on DVD, but I'm not positive. You probably did. It was the Urban Vision DVD. But um, I hadn't watched it again until I bought the Blu-ray. But the like I said, the only voice that stood out to me as being crazy different was that I was like the hand doesn't sound how I remember. But with it being so long, it's very possible that the rest of them are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, when this movie starts, y'all know that opening theme it has. Mm-hmm. What movie does that sound like? I keep wanting to say it sounds like the opening of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'd have to listen to it again. Yeah, I would too. But like, if you cue it up and play it, I can tell you. I don't have the I don't I don't have that ability right now, uh, but it, it, to me it it sounds like it, it reminds me of a Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'm not 100 percent sure, so someone will have to let us know. Um, so let's get into this. What are let's get into some of the things we really just love about the first Vampire in a D. Um, one thing I want to get into is the fact that. I love this mixture of old future. I love like Doris's whip when she goes to like meet D for the first time and she like throw swings it at him and it busts into like five different whips and grabs him on the neck and the fucking wrist. Okay, I don't know what that was. 
That was the Castlevania theme song. Oh. One of them. Yeah, that was definitely worth interrupting what I was saying. I uh, was background <laughs> music. It wasn't interrupting. I'm sorry. Well, it's going to be hard for them to understand what I'm saying if you're uh, trying to kill Dracula with tones in an 8-bit style. I'm going to go sit in the corner. No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize, audience. Um, I apologize, Jerry. But I'm yeah, sorry. I like this. I, I love that, like... The fact that they live on a broken down farm, but yet they have like force fields for their fence and they shoot laser guns. But yet here comes D and he's using a gigantic ass sword. Like I love D's sword. Oh man, I love <laughs> D's sword so much. I want D. Top three fantasy swords. Definitely. It's actually based off a real sword. I just can't remember what the name of it was. But it's but, not a real sword. So it's still top three fantasy swords. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the what I call the old future aesthetic. Um, Jay, what's something you really like about uh, Vampire Hunter D? Uh, that is that is one of them. I love the world building that the movie does without too much too too much too much exposition. Uh, you get that little opening narration, and then the rest of it is just shown through visuals, and I love it. I love that they've created this. I don't even know how, what to call it. Like you said, old future uh, world where there's like horse and buggies, but also laser guns and laser fences and electronics, but also lanterns <laughs> and magic <laughs> and vampires and wolves and weird ass mutant creatures and reality bending warriors and vampires are just like plain and commonplace. And so are werewolves. It's just like, it's so cool the way they did it. Uh, the animation is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, I don't know. Everything. The whole thing is good. All the right. story. The, the, and I already said the animation. It's just, it's fantastic. The gore. Oh, God, so much gore. Love it. Kenneth, what's something you really dig about Vampire D? What's the uh, the main girl's name? The, the blonde chick? Doris. I can't remember. Doris. I love how abnormally large her forehead is. You know what? I, I want to bring up a point that really pisses me off. When when you're watching it, when she confronts D, yeah. there is this front view of her where she has like this really big forehead, and it just looks horrible. And she never looks like that again. Like she looks like a completely. She looks like a fucking Jason Mongoloid version of herself. <laughs> Like, next time you watch it and it's her confronting D, they do this shot of, like, her face and her forehead's really big and she looks just awful. But, like, everywhere else in the movie, she looks perfectly fine. It's just always really fucking bothered me. And I don't also, think she just looks perfectly fine everywhere. I still think she's got that ab large, abnormally large forehead everywhere. She does, but so does uh, fucking uh, Lormica. Lormica. I mean, exactly. Yeah, there you go. There's another one, too. You know, I didn't even think about Lormica's forehead. Yeah. I mean, even when she's standing there, you know, all, all moist over D with her titty hanging out, she still's got that large-ass forehead. That's true. But you know what? You see, <laughs> the, you see that in a lot of animes, because, like, even, like, uh, Dragon Ball Z, you've got Android 18, who literally, the 18 is how many inches her forehead is. Right, I I completely agree. Like it's fucking just huge. Um, 
what was there was something I was gonna bring up. Um, the fan service in this movie, I don't understand. I never, I don't understand the. Uh, I understand fan service. I don't see the f- appealing side of fan service when it's like just really standard, boring ass cotton panties. Like it's just white cotton panties, nothing else. Oh. And who the fuck? What's what her skirt? Her her dress, her skirt, where the fuck this is literally not not long enough to cover. Her vagina is out the entire movie. Like she's yeah, in town. Like yeah, it and is. Greco's trying oh, to fucking man. make a move on her, and she's pushing away, and he's just in like her vagina is like out. And I'm not saying like I'm not doing the whole oh she deserved it because the way she dressed. I'm just saying like why. Like, this is, like, why? There is no reason to be wearing basic... She looks like those chicks that wear oversized shirts to sleep in. That's what it looks like. Like Tina from Nightmare (laughs) on Elm Street. Yes, like Tina Uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Fucking exactly. Like, I I just don't get it. Um... So let's go into this movie. In this movie, there is some fucking fantastic uh, monsters. You've got Ray Ginsey, who's the main guy. He's the one that's always kind of there with Lamarica, whatever fucking name is. He's the one that throws the blades, and he also has this ability that if he can basically do Reality it, warping. Yeah, reality warp. Like, D stabs him. And he actually makes it to where it, the sword actually goes into D and comes out of his back. And it's awesome. Um, you have, and in the book, he's actually the leader of the group that has the green frog looking guy who can open his back up to shoot spiders at you. That kind of reminded me of one of the guys from uh, Ninja Scroll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think... The Vampire Hunter D novel was before was around before Ninja Scroll. I know Ninja Scroll is an anime. I think was was after Vampire Hunter D. The first. I Vampire think Hunter they're D. cousins. Uh, they might be. They might be related. Because you know what? Also, the Golem guy in this movie. There's a guy like that in Ninja Scroll. Talking about the guy with the giant sword that uh, tries to rape the chick with poison skin. Yes. They're very similar in design. Um. You also have the guy in, in Vampire Hunter D who looks like a flying. He looks like a Batman. <laughs> like I don't yeah, mean but he ba- gets taken out super quick, doesn't uh, he? I no. I made that mistake at first. He technically fights D and doesn't, and just kind of gets thrown to the side. But he comes back. He actually gets killed by Ray Ginsey when Vamp when D leaves the castle the first time with Doris. Oh, because he failed. Uh, no. Uh, Ringese ran out there and and threw his blade because he heard a noise, but the ner- noise he oh, heard yeah, yeah. He was the, he thought right. he hit D in the tree and he didn't. Yep, killed his buddy. Um, and then I t- talking about what Jay was talking about, how they have a world building thing in here. It's awesome that they bring up like an artifact, like the time bewitching candle. Yeah, which which Greco fucking switches out on Ginsei. And Ginsei loses his fucking hand for it. It's it's um like that happens in the book also. There, they, I will say this: the movie and the book are like like ninety percent together. That's awesome. There's not. It's, 
unlike Bloodlust, Bloodlust will I'll bring up some diff- major differences. But for this one, it is pretty much spot on. And if you like Hammer Horror, this is one you have to check out because one, D is a fucking awesome character. He learning about him and uh, the big thing is is everyone kind of beats around the bush that his father is possibly Dracula. Who is I don't the... think it's possibly. I think it's pretty darn well, sure. I, was, I thought it was pretty in, straightforward. In, <laughs> well, it's never it's never outright said in either one of the animes where it's no, confirmed. No, but I mean... And in the book, they always have a joke thing going on where someone will get close to saying it, but then it's never said. Like, it'll be like, are you related to... Dr- hey, what's going on over here? Like, it's a, it's a joke that happens in the book a lot. I nah. just don't see with the level of power that he has... Oh, he is most definitely the son of Dracula. It's just, it's always kind of beat around the bush in the anime, the manga, the books. And it's kind of a fun joke. That's fair. But he definitely is. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm with you. There's no way that he is not uh, Dracula. Well, he's not Dracula's son. Um, Which... Yeah, but I like I will say this. I like D better than than Alucard. If we're talking Alucard from like Symphony of the Night, I'm I'm going with D. Yeah, I like D as a character better. I mean, Alucard's um, pretty badass, but Yeah. Like of course, my opinion might change when we get to uh when we get season 2 of the Castlevania anime. They might do some, you know, interesting stuff with this character in that. We'll see. Yeah, but if the Vampire D yet. series comes out, then you'll then you'll have to change back. Well, that's fine. I don't think that series is ever coming out. Which sucks, because the director of Bloodlust is attached to it. So, it, it would be fucking amazing if it came out. So, it, wait, Kenneth, did you say you haven't watched the Castlevania anime series yet? That's what I said. It's only wow. like five episodes long. Yeah, you need to get on that shit. That shit's fucking golden. It is definitely... I've been, you... I've been rather preoccupied lately. Fair enough. Um... So, Vampire Hunter D is like a horror sci-fi fantasy adventure. It takes elements of sci-fi, takes like the adventure you feel in a fantasy movie, and puts it in this this world of horror, which it's always building. One thing I love about it, it feels so lived in. Like, for instance, when D falls, when he's, he falls in the castle, he falls down this giant hole. And they walk down there, and his hand, which we haven't gotten to yet, so we'll have to get to that here in a second, is like, uh, this looks like a previous war ground. There's skeletons everywhere, and he steps on like a railroad that like turns to dust as he steps on it. And then he's met by these fucking Medusa snake ladies, who then start like sucking him. It... If you've watched Dragon Ball Z, if you remember the snake lady on Snake Road, mm-hmm. it's basically related to her. Much like she wanted to suck Goku, these snake ladies want to suck D. If I was in that position, the only thing that I would ask is I choose what part of my body that they suck. I think I would be like, <laughs> you can't be snakes. Like, go back to the blue skin. naked sirens. Yeah, like, I need at least titties. You can't be just snaking me. All right, I'm not I mean, down with like, Snake. I agree with Jerry. If I got to go out that way, at least I might as well enjoy some of it. Yeah, and there's three of them. They can like they can get on each part of it. 
It would be fantastic. But nonetheless, with Vampire Hunter D, it tackles two things. Uh, oh, wait, no. We got to talk about his hand. His hand has a face on it. <laughs> it is a parasite. Um, much like a very popular uh, manga anime called Parasite that has been making the rounds, it it kind of uses the same kind of idea, except it's a very symbiotic. The Parasite is actually... Uh, D and the Parasite work well together. I've never actually heard what its name is. It's I can't remember it saying in the three books. I don't remember it calling it being said in either one of the animes. And it definitely wasn't said in the three uh, mangas that I've read. Rosie. Rosie. I don't feel like he's a Rosie. Uh, but he's kind of like a uh, sarcastic uh, comic relief. Imagine the things that I could accomplish if I had a mouth in my head. Would you want it to be like the mouth? Would you want it to be the Vampire Hunter D one or the Bloodlust one? Because the Bloodlust one has only like three teeth, but the regular Vampire D one has a full row of teeth. That actually brings up a question: How much time is there between D and Bloodlust? I'm really story wise, probably not a lot. Um, I know there's only one story between them, but. I'm not really 100% sure. I get, I'm sure someone's probably... Mar- Actually, no one's probably marked it out because I could find jack shit for fucking uh, research out there for Va- Vampire Hunter D. Even, like, the Vampire Hunter D wiki is kind of sparse. Okay. The reason why I'm asking is because you think about that very thing that you just said, the full mouth of teeth, and then the few missing. That means that he probably ate a shit ton of dirt. It's probably an artistic choice, I would think. Make him look like an old man. Because in the manga, um, for because uh, the manga each volume is an exact telling of the novel of whichever novel it falls into. So the third manga is is Demon Death Chase, which is Bloodlust, and in the manga it has the full set of teeth. So oh, I'm okay. pretty sure it's just an art. It was just an artistic choice for that movie. But yeah, the toothless one to answer your question. Yeah, trying to get those gummers. Okay, so according to the fandom wiki, its name is just Left Hand, also (laughs) known as Lefty, Parasite, and then a word I can't pronounce. Uh, So it's Count is the first part, and then it's it's Count, E-N-A-N-C-E-D. Count, Tennis, I don't know. I don't know how to say that word. Fair enough. Send it to me. Counted, so it's that word and then carbuncle at the end. So count, count, and, count I don't know. Countinson carbuncle is is the other names that it's known by. Wow, I don't that's, know how to say that word. I'm curious of how he acquired it. That's what I'd like to know. That's why I want to continue reading the books because I, I love the world of Vampire Hunter D, and the two animes are great introductions to it. But I want to know, why did the nobility fall? Why why are, like, there very few of them? Why are there, like, mutants taking it? Well, I mean, in the book, they kind of explain that the mutants are there because of the nuclear fallout transformed some of them. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not like it's in Trigun, where, like, Trigun, you know, the reason everyone lives in, like, fucking cottages... But they have like steam engines and shit is because they landed on a 
they crash landed on a planet that fucking was just dirt. So they have they like they have very little technology because they're using whatever little technology they could raise from the few fallen ships. But here it's literally the world basically died after World War Three and vampires took over for like ten thousand years. And now over the past five thousand years, the vampires have started dwindling. So I I wanna know way more and there's like and there's there's a decent I, I can't remember how many novels we have in america but their dark horse is still releasing them so i think we have hit like in the early 20s of vampire hunter d novels yeah because there's 26 in all in japan i think there's a lot a, like the you dude, a bunch of them on amazon yo yeah they're, they're pretty widely available and they're pretty fucking cheap um, I actually literally just bought like volume 19 the other day at this place called Ollie's for like $2. Like you can, you can find them relatively cheap no matter where you look and they're pretty good reads. I will say this though. Uh, they don't try to Americanize it. So some of it while reading it, you may have to stop and reread it a second time, especially in like the fight scenes. It's it's very weird. I will say the Vampire D novels are kind of weird to read, but there's isn't, there's no audiobook, so you, you have to read them if you want to be involved in it. Oh, reading. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> I so I like reading. I just don't with everything I'm into. I don't have time to sit down and just read a book. I know it sounds weird. Like I like playing video games. I do this podcast. I like to watch movies. I just don't have any free time to dedicate to fucking reading. I keep telling myself I need to like cut and every night have like 30 minutes to an hour of just reading right before bed. So that's why I've been using audiobooks is because right before instead of watching an extra half hour TV before I decide it's time to sleep, I just turn the TV off and turn on an audiobook instead of sleep timer for a half hour. And so I got through the Meg uh, that way. That's how we listened to the Meg. It was awesome. That Kenneth is the king of audiobooks. That motherfucker's listened to like the It audiobook like three times. Well, I just downloaded. Uh, I just downloaded Pet Cemetery as my next one. Yeah, it's because they're advertising the shit out of it online. Well, I've never, I've never read or listened to a Stephen King book before, and so I really like the Pet Cemetery movie. It's one of my uh, my favorite Stephen King based movies so i'm uh, i'm excited to to get into it yeah well when you decide to go through it make sure that you've got like fucking 50 50 hours to dedicate to it <laughs> i don't know if we'll uh, if i'll do that one. i don't know if i care about it that much it's really good i i was reading it um but then i just stopped reading it and there was no real reason for it because it, it is it is it is pretty good um but i just stopped reading it. like i've been like i've read like half of the stand but I have I have read all of Pet Cemetery, Salem's Lot, Eyes of the, the Dragon. Too. The Stand I stopped because I just got bored. Halfway through it, it, I was just like, it was, I was fucking bored. But anyway, uh, back to Vampire Hunter D. Uh, yes, his sorry. hand can pretty much like has tons of superpowers. It can suck in everything. It's Kirby. Uh, basically, yes. Um, it has the ability to like heal wounds. He, um, at one point when D gets stabbed, 
in the heart. He the hand gets cut off and the hand crawls back. It reattaches itself, eats a bunch of dirt, and then puts it in there. Now in the book they describe that a little bit better better, and it's actually uh, it can heal it by using the elements. So it has to get like the main elements. It has to have the dirt for earth. It sucks in the air to get the moisture and to get air. So it has water and air. And then like I forgot how it did the f- fire, but there was a fire part to it also. And that's how it heals. It has all these that special powers. That makes sense. Yeah. So, with Vampire D, I will say this. If there's one thing I don't like about it, and this actually goes for Bloodlust 2, a lot of the fight scenes are over very quick. Like, they are not long and drawn out. They They get over with pretty fucking quick. It is usually D winning with very few moves. Like that's even, because he's so fucking badass. Yeah, even with the, the end, like when he, and it's kind of funny because in the book they they expand on this, but when he when he goes to like stab Magnus Lee, Magnus Lee catches it with his hands, catches the sword with his hands. Magnus Lee later does that to D, and D catches it with his hands, and that's how Magnus Lee figures out that he's the son of Dracula. Because Dra- he had to beg Dracula to learn that move. To be taught that move. And because of that, that's how he knows that this is the son of Dracula. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I guess catching a sword with your hand is a uh, very rare technique in the world of vampirism. I guess. I don't, that never really made sense to me. Brandon Lee caught a flying knife. Yeah, he also caught a bullet. True. <laughs> tragic. Well, technically, pieces of tragic. True. Um, so, that, but, but that's one thing. The fights are always kind of on. Like, everything happens very quickly. Like, pacing-wise for Vampire D, it's very well because everything happens very fast and keeps everything moving. But if you're going in for fight scenes, you're not going to be satisfied. Does anyone have anything that they don't like about the first Vampire D movie? Don't like about it? Yeah, they no, don't like I thought it can't was stand his great. outfit. D's outfit? The, when the cape flies back and you see what's underneath it, he looks like he's wearing gray pajamas. He looks like he's wearing gray footy pajamas. Huh, I've never paid attention to that. I'm going to have to look at that next time I watch the movie. It, I'm telling you, man, he looks like a kid in gray footy pajamas put on damn knee pads and shoulder pads. I mean, knee pads and elbow pads to go out skateboarding. Fair enough. Uh, I fuck, and I'm being, and I'm not joking. I'm being 100% legit. I fucking hate it. He looks so badass until you see the cape fly up and you're like, man, what? And then they fixed it in the second one. I like his how he can use his cape to catch. On. There's that part right before he falls down the hole where he uses his cape to catch onto the fucking ledge. And see, that's something that pissed me off about the second. Hello. Ken? Oh, yeah, there you okay. are. Yeah, okay. I'm still here. Uh, okay, I thought that was repeat, mine for a second. Repeat what you said when you said. Um, that's one thing that pissed me off about the second one. Oh, or, is that no, he didn't? It. He didn't use his cape for. Uh, like he did in the first one. Gotcha. Yes, he did not. Um, I and I will say this: 
The first Vampire Hunter D movie, I love. Uh, it's one of my favorite animes to watch. There's not a lot of substance to it. Um, there's not that much to really say. Like, there's so much more to say about Bloodlust than there is about the original. So, I'm, we're going to end this talk about the first Vampire Hunter D with a single question. Do you think the uh, boredom that you will eventually get as a vampire, which seems to plague a lot of these vampires, is worth the trade-off of living forever? Absolutely. Jay? No. I don't want to live forever. I don't want to outlive all the people I love, and I don't want to have to hunt down new loved ones every time they die because I outlive them. You can turn them into vampires, and then you just have them forever. Mm, I still, no. Of course, then you have to deal with the fact that you're killing people. Um, though, I will say this. Um, as we get into bloodlust, uh, we actually do come across a vampire who does not kill people. Which is very interesting. So, uh, I'm, I'm totally down. Uh, with Vampire D, this is a movie that I really just recommend. Just sit back and watch and enjoy because it's it's just a fun ride. It's... The pacing is very good. It moves along very, very fast. And it's enjoyable. Especially if you like old monster movies and stuff like that. That Growing up, I love anything that involved bunch, uh, a bunch of monsters. Um, if you like something like Nightbreed and you liked uh, all the monsters in Midian, then check out Vampire D because you'll get to see a bunch more that are really cool. Um, so with that being said, please check out Vampire D. Um, if you can find the original dub, watch it. If you need the original dub, hit me up. Maybe I'll post it in the group. But if you do get the Blu-ray, it's worth the trade-off for how amazing the transfer looks. But I will say this. How come we didn't get a single fucking... Like, the special features on it are literally just trailers. Yeah, that's true. Like... Well, I got I got something to ask you, Jerry, before we go forward. Okay. The same question that you left off with because you didn't answer it. The trade, um, for me, it's, I feel like the boredom would eventually get to me and I probably would end up like being like, fuck it, I'm going to take a walk into the sunlight. Like, so I don't know if the trade off. I feel like at first the trade-off would be fantastic, but later on it would it would hurt really bad. But I think the experience would be worth it. So I'm actually going to side with you, Kenneth. Good man, we can do it together, sir. Yeah, then why I've killed the cast forever? Uh, well, if you guys Jay. are doing it, then I'll <laughs> then I'll do it too. Because I'm telling you, I mean, I've thought about this this very question many many times throughout my life and if i had the choice for eternal life i would totally take it i will say this um when it comes to vampires i'm actually not a fan of vampires but i am a big fan of vampire hunters um which is explained by my love of vampire hunter d in castlevania so with that being said blade uh i like blade he's okay um motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill I uh, I watched Blade not that long ago. I watched my Blu-ray on my 4K player, and man, it looked fucking beautiful. We should Holy do Blade. Shit, that upscale was great. I'd be down. I'd do. I would do Blade. 
Uh, I'd I'd make him wear a condom first, but I'd I'd watch it. I mean, or you could just uh, or you could just you know pull a Wesley Snipes like you did in Blade Trinity and just sit in your fucking trailer and smoke weed all day. That's true. So that was Vampire Hunter D. Now we're gonna get into Bloodlust, which is while I like the first Vampire Hunter D movie more, and part of that's nostalgia. Bloodlust is a better movie with a better story. Better animation. But better animation. Animation that will knock your fucking socks off. Holy shit, does this animation look fucking beautiful. Uh, It came out in 2000, and it was directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who, uh, of course, did Ninja Scroll and uh, Wicked City, which I love. Um... And is based off the novel, the third novel in the series, Demon Death Chase. Now, this movie is about doom, 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 uh, the Elborn family hires not only D, but the uh, Marcus clan to go after a vampire named Meyer Link, who has, uh, I'm doing the finger air quotes right now, kidnapped their daughter, his daughter Charlotte, and to get him back. But it turns out that Charlotte is actually in love with Meyer Link and chose to go with Meyer Link uh, um, herself. And that's part of the dilemma that everyone faces in this movie is if she chose to go on her own free will, is it okay for her to go? Or is it like D says earlier in the movie, you don't know who, who Meyer Link is. Now, this movie does everything the first one did but better you get more monsters with uh getting to go inside the uh barbarous barbarossi barbarossi was it barbarossi i bad with names you know that i am too i'm why they always gotta have complicated names why can't it like why does the town gotta be called barbarossi why can't it spell oh yeah that's fucking the town called chad <laughs> like the barbaroi Barbaroy, that's what, thank you. I'm terrible with these names. Um, you get to see tons of monsters in there. The Much like how we had um, like four main monsters in the first one that kind of fight, you get another four in here. So let's go through some of the characters real quick. We've got, of course, D, and we have the vampire in this one, Meyer Link. Meyer Link is interesting because in the novel, he is known as one of the only... Uh, vampires of the nobility that is actually loved and, and praised by the humans uh, that he rules over. He does not kill humans, and he tries his best to never drink human blood. He's and not a dick. He is not a dick. And in the movie, they do kind of they they touch on that a few times. Um, you've got Charlotte, who Charlotte Elborn, who is the chick that gets kidnapped. And fun fact in the book. She doesn't have a name. She's just a girl. <laughs> Which is always good. You have the Marcus clan with the leader Borgoff, who is Kenneth's favorite because he uses arrows. Uh, in the you, book, you, you, though, you. he actually does use a bow and arrow, not a crossbow. Attached yeah, to actually, arm. that's the only thing I really don't care about care for about him, even though I think it's really badass that he basically can automatic fucking weapon these goddamn arrows. But uh, that's the only thing I don't like about him is the if you look at it, the crossbow on the arm, I just don't. Yeah. Well, in the book and the manga, he actually uses bow and arrow and he shoots off like three arrows at a time. Nice. Kind of shit. 
Um, you've got uh, Nolt Marcus, who's the guy that has the big cross on his face and uses a big hammer. You've got Kyle Marcus, who uses um, like a cross shuriken thing, kind of like Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII. Um, you've got Grove Marcus, who is the fragile guy uh, who can use this spirit ability once he shoots up. Remember, kids, shoot up and you can save the day. Uh, and then you've got Layla Marcus, who is the female in the tight-ass red jumpsuit who rides around in a motorcycle and has a badass gun and is voiced by Pamela Alden, who I love from uh, Californication. But oddly enough, wouldn't her, f- wouldn't her her mo- wouldn't it be more like a motorized unicycle? Um, yeah, I guess it would be. You're right. It's, it's still easy. a cycle that has a motor, so that's true. Um, but yeah, um, well, oddly enough, this Blu-ray actually does have some special features. One of them is a behind the scenes, and I watched it because I wanted to see uh, Pamela voice. Layla, and she's not in it, and it kind of pissed me off. Ah, womp, womp, womp. Because I love her so much. Um, oh, fuck. I just burped, and it tasted horrible. Oh. So, uh, Meyer Link has some people that work for him. Um, you've got uh, Mashira, who's the, who's the werewolf, who basically his stomach becomes a fucking giant wolf's mouth. I fucking love that werewolf design. I was really weirded out when I read the novel and the manga because he's not a wolf in there. He is actually uh, the, a thing that a, a thing that's the same parasite as D's hand, and he actually like swaps bodies throughout that's the, cool. the book, um, and he eventually dies by getting swallowed up by D's hand. Huh, that's uh, badass. Yeah. You've got uh, Benji, who's the black coat. Uh, it reminded me of that, that one of the angels in Neon Genesis Evangelion that just like would open up into this big black fucking disc hole and just swallow shit. God, it's been so long since I watched that. Yeah, uh, but Benji's really cool because he basically can go into the shadows and he can use like basically set traps with strings. It's pretty badass. And then you've got Caroline, who. Um, I feel like they did a bad job explaining what her ability is in the movie, but in the book, she can basically, uh, anything she partakes, like if she takes a blood of something, she can then control, like for instance, there's a fight in like this big graveyard where she basically sucks off a spine and then uses that to make a gigantic corpse hand. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and in the book, in like, in like... The only part they really use, like, in the book, she uh, takes in, like, some trees so that she can, like, do all the tree limbs that they show in the movie. And that's pretty cool. And then we've got Carmilla, who is this blood queen, who is not in the book at all. She's completely added for the movie, which works out because the book kind of, like, just ends on a kind of mediocre note. Basically, take out Carmilla and still have it where... Uh, vampire, the vampire Meyer Link, he dies. It's Romeo and Juliet. He dies by getting stabbed by um, 
who fucking uh before Mor- Mor- Morshira, the thing that's like D's hand gets swallowed up by D's hand, he takes over Borgoff's body after Borgoff uh, gets uh, killed by Meyer Link. And then he uses Borgoff and he comes in as D is like, all right, I'm done fighting. I stabbed him in the shoulder instead of the heart, so Meyer Link's going to live. He comes in and just shoots his bow and arrows and kills Meyer Link. And then Grove comes in and blows up fucking Borgoff. So then D sucks him up through his hand. And uh, then Charlotte decides to take uh, Meyer Link's old claw hand and just shove it through her own chest so she can die with him. Oh, because fun. Yeah, because when they show up to, uh, they show up to the basically vampire space central where all the spaceships would be. But they're all broken down and everything fell apart, so they couldn't have gone into space anyway. Um, That's a difference. Yeah, the other big difference is in the book, uh, Layla is actually uh, raped multiple times by her brothers. Oh, fun! Wish that was in the movie. Yeah, her brothers are not as nice to her. Uh, Even Grove uh, is real creepy when he'll grab her and be like, you belong to us. But, uh, like, there's a scene, like, when Grove first uh, goes into uh, the Barbarossi. While Grove is in... uh, God damn it. Yes, you're right. Barbaroid. While Grove is in there fighting Barbaroid, Kyle is fucking Layla. Sweet. Yeah. Um, But it is rape. Don't don't get it twisted. She does not enjoy it, but she does sit there and take it. Um... So those are the big differences from the book to the anime. So let's just get clearly into this anime with if you want to see the pinnacle of what anime hand-drawn anime looked like before they started using CGI or not CGI, but CG, this is the fucking tops. To me, there is no other. I've not seen another anime that looks as beautiful as this that was doing hand-drawn anime. It's very good. I mean, when it really comes down to it between the two of them, I prefer this one just because of everything about it. The, the, the animation is fucking superb. It looks so gorgeous. And, and, and the, and the crazy thing about it is, is like the continuous shots that they do with everything that's involved for it to be animated. I mean, it looks like real deal camera pants. Yes, there and there are scenes that are just fucking gorgeous. Um, you have this scene where they're on a bridge. Um, the Marcus brothers have uh, basically they blew up part of the bridge to stop the carriage. They throw Mashira off the fucking bridge, and they've got they have Charlotte and Meyer Link comes out, and as he's walking, these flames just start licking off of him as he's burning in the sun, mm-hmm. it is just gorgeous. Yeah, I um, like the one where... Uh, you know what's what scene... Oh, sorry, go ahead. What's his name? Genji or Benji? What's his name? The uh, the, the shadow guy? Oh, yeah, Benji. Yeah, I, I really, really, I really, really enjoyed the animation for him coming in and out of the shadows, and then that very last spot right where he gets killed. I really, really enjoyed that. Because it looked really cool seeing him kind of swimming through the shadows, and then when he disappeared and came back up, and then dude got and then dude got him with the blades. I thought that was fucking great. 
I agree. That fucking shot was wonderful. Jay, what were you going to say? You know what I really like? And it's kind of simple and it may not have stood out for everybody else. But I really like when he's crossing the desert of old freeways and those like mantis sand mantis things are flying around in the background. Yeah, that's really fun cool. fact. Those actually uh, evolved from the one that gained enough power killing Steve Irwin that they uh, could no longer be <laughs> held by the ocean. That makes sense. Uh, even yeah, that just that, that well whole scene. Like, so everything else, for a couple reasons. Not only is the animation gorgeous and the monsters are cool and it's just it's just cool looking, but up until that point, we had only seen what they had rebuilt from it. This is the first time we've seen remnants of what the world used to be. And so I thought that was pretty cool that they uh, have that in there. Yes, I love the like this one definitely shows more of the apocalyptic setting, post-apocalyptic setting, because the first one's kind of you're in one town and you're in that one town. But this one, they actually have to travel. So we get multiple different scenes and we also get to see like some of the technology that the vampires had. For instance, Meyer Link is hiding out in basically a, uh, uh, invisible cube. That's just basically like reflective mirroring on the end of it. And as D comes up to it, he has to flick like rocks because it's got a laser attack system that will shoot anything that moves. And it's just like, holy shit. Because that's one thing that you have in the book a lot is that a lot of the tech, old technology that is still around is only around because of the nobles. They had still had that technology. That's why they were on top. And a lot of things we have are from that. So uh, another beautiful fucking... Also, uh, another difference in the book between this... In the book, the Marcus clan are actively trying to kill D. Uh, they have a reputation that anyone who got hired to do the same job they did, they killed that person on top of making sure they did the job. So they're fucking dicks in the book. Like, actively right. dicks. Um, like, in fact, uh, in the book... Borgoff is actually the one that kills Kyle because Kyle gets uh, transformed by Caroline. Because Caroline, in the book, is a is a damn fair a dampier. It seems is what they were trying to say. She was basically a dampier with or her. She was a child. She was definitely a child of a vampire and someone that lived in a vampire castle. But it's not. I think it was pointing to it wasn't a human. It was some kind of other mutant. It's very... There's a lot of things in the book they just don't really explain well enough. Which is a problem, but it also works very well with the mystery of everything. Trying to figure out everything. Because that's one thing while watching the movies is... You want to know so much about everything that's fucking going on. Especially when you get to the end of uh, Bloodlust and you're like... There's a fucking spaceship. Like I thought the <laughs> the travel to the stars thing was like a metaphor or something. And it's well, like they, no. they reference the vampires as aliens in the first one. I, they do, but I almost felt like they were trying um, to like how we call like uh, foreigners aliens. Like they were saying you're a foreigner to humankind. You're an alien to humankind. 
that's how I took it as when I was younger. And then when Bloodlust happened and they actually showed that, I was like, holy fuck. There's, yeah, there's a I took goddamn the alien spaceship thing. here. I took the alien thing from the first one, literally. So that's the reason why I wasn't surprised at all about the spaceship. Did you take, like, like when you saw it now or when you saw it the, the first, first time when you were younger? The first time when I was younger, I took it literally. That they were aliens. That that's where that's how vampires got here, is that they were aliens. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I haven't. I'm gonna get further in the books because I want to see if they ever fucking explain this. Um. So. Uh, fucking. God damn it. Yeah. There's a spaceship, and I was always <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Um. So, the fun part about this is the thing they added to this movie is Carmilla and Carmilla is basically actually the main bad guy who really doesn't show up to the very end, but she actually is trying to get Meyer link and Charlotte there for her own purposes. She wants to uh, use their blood to bring herself back to life as she was killed by Dracula for basically being a blood whore. Them titties. Them bloody titties. What um, is a blood whore? She, she's a whore for blood, man. She fucking wants all the blood. She, I guess a blood slut may be better. Oh, uh, I just don't. Okay. I like that. I like that. Blood slut. I like that. Um, she was killing and drinking way too much fucking blood. Um, there's a whole thing in here where the nobility always talk about how they're much better than humans. But D always reminds them that uh, their noble ancestor, Dracula... Did not teach that and did not think that. So it's that's one and the the Carmilla thing is a part of that. He killed Carmilla because of that. But Carmilla is gonna come fucking back. But uh, once again, my my complaint with uh, Vampire D holds here also. All of the fights are over very quickly. They do not last long. She makes this comment about her about vampire souls being eternal, right? Yes, she says uh, vampire souls are eternal. Now, I don't know if it's like she thinks they're eternal because she got to be a ghost and locked in that castle and haunt the castle. Like, here's the thing. Are vampire ghosts the same as human ghosts? And some stay and some don't. And she stayed because of the tragedy that befell her. That's actually what I was curious about. Is I was like... Okay, so if vampire souls are eternal, then how come there ain't no more of them lingering around? Yeah, because Dracula's soul ain't somewhere. uh, Dracula, this is from the book, but Dracula is not dead. Oh, okay. D is actively trying to find Dracula in the books. Um, And he does pop up every once in a while in the books. Um, But you're right, because then D responds, well, with nothing lasts forever. So, and it's kind of like, uh, like, so I don't know if I would like to think that, no, they don't, that it's kind of like, um, ghost or the being killed by Dracula gives you like a little extra, gives your soul a little extra, you're bound because I think maybe the way she was killed with the sword being in her, maybe it trapped her, her soul to that castle. I don't know, but I'm curious about it. Yeah, I, this movie is full of fucking questions like that. Um, wanting to know, is there is there a place in the stars? Did did vampires make it up to space? Or did they come from space and they have they, the ability to return? They have an Asteroid M situation going on. There's just like a, 
a space station up there with all the vampires. I mean, maybe. I'm not, I'm like, I'm c- kind of curious. Did like one of them live on like fucking, like, cause it, uh, the comic book that came out a few years ago uh, is about, is from a story that never got published until the comic book and it involves going to Mars. Mm. Now, I have not read that, so I cannot speak on it. So they do at some point go to space. And it's kind of like, well, that's fucking... It's kind of like if you've ever played uh, Final Fantasy IV or Final Fantasy II in America for the Super Nintendo. Towards the end of that story, they just randomly go to the moon. And you're like... That's where the bad guys are. Yeah, and you're just like, well, this medieval fantasy just took a weird fucking turn. We're whalers on the moon. We carry a harpoon. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I may have been of, watching Futurama recently. Fair enough. One of the uh, really cool things, uh, I call this the Quint. There is a moment in this story where uh, Dee needs a new horse and he goes into this town to go buy a new horse. And the guy who's gonna is this old dude. His name is Polk. And he's like, he gives a crazy amount for his horse. And Dee's like, bitch, I'm rich. And throws it down and buys it. Um, but uh, Layla kind of told the sheriff that there's a damp here, here. And, or I'm sorry, because of this movie, a Dun Peel. Because of the mistranslation <laughs> I was talking about earlier. Dun Peel. Um, and Polk actually pulls out a gun to stop the sheriff. And tells a story about how a vampire took four children. And he happened to be one of those children. And after D, and after uh, they, the Dampier saved him, the town folk basically was like, fuck you, get out of here, and kicked him out and treated him like shit. And he always felt bad about that. And it turns out D was that person. And so he lets D go with the horse. The cool thing about that is the second novel actually is a story. And now it's not the same story from here, but it is very similar. Where four children go missing and three of them return a month later and then 10 years later d shows up because of uh rumors of nobility that can walk in the daylight and it turns out it's all this other shit but it's cool because it shows that there's a tie-in between vampires not only kidnapping women but apparently they like kidnapping little children also it's a common thing which makes me wonder if vampires are pedophiles. Some of them, <laughs> possibly. Well, I'm sure if they're thousands of years old, eventually they're going to get bored of regular adults. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Literally, fuck it. I'm going to fuck a child. <laughs> well, you know, if you think, think about it, though, if you're alive for that long and you're already, you know, like it, most of them are portrayed as violent and they don't really give a shit about anybody but themselves. So eventually, you're going to get bored of regular murder and rape and kidnapping and experiment. Yeah, I do like in this one that they do show that the uh, vampires have a sexual nature. Because there's some of them that that make vampires where like, oh, vampires can't fuck. And I'm just like, if I can't fuck, I'm not being a vampire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Like, What's what, the point of being able to float if you can't what, fuck on the which, ceiling? There's one of the big ones that that show that where vampires is that the Anne Rice vampires? Yep. Yeah, they can't fuck. Like they can't, I, or they don't want to. 
They can't. They can't. They can't get blood flow to their penis. Oh, I guess the women could still fuck. Them. Just they're, the guys can't. Their corpses and shit don't work the same way. Yeah. They Which get their, I don't. They get their ecstasy from the uh, from the action of taking in the blood itself. Yeah, oh, gotcha. But I don't like that just because I've always felt there's a difference in being undead and being dead. I felt like undead is supernatural and some of those rules don't apply. Like, because basically, if you're saying a vampire can't get a, an erection, then I refuse to believe a zombie can fucking walk. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That's like, true. Like, if we're going to say zombies. And a lot of times, and I don't know if they do this in any of the Anne Rice ones where they have, like, zombies, but in a lot of vampire stories, they have the ability to, like, raise the undead or control different things. And if I'm at a point where... Because a lot, like, in the Vampire D world, vampires can make vampire zombies, basically. Right. Um, You see it in this one when the Marcus uh, clan rolls up in the town in their big-ass fucking tank... And he asks if there's anything weird, and the guy's like, no, nothing weird. And he's like, there's bite marks in your mouth. We're going to fight now. And then they end up fighting off this, like, horde of basically zombies. And if they can do that, they can, their dicks can get hard. <laughs> is, is what I'm saying. Well, I'll follow you. And I'm saying all this so I can justify how they, how they could possibly be pedophiles. Which is a really strange ending to that. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I didn't really partake in that conversation. Um, but I could see that happening, or it could be a thing of maybe children's blood is is tastier. In the second novel, um, they it did could not be a kidnap thing for grooming. It could be in the second one they did not kidnap the kids to drink their blood or have them be sexual. It was so they could do experiments on them because they were trying to figure out. Uh, the weaknesses of vampires and they were they were on this whole dark gene thing so they were like trying to kidnap some human children because it'd be easier to control them to try to figure out if they have the light gene to see if they can mix the genes and see what would happen and like one of the kids go crazy one of the kid disappears um two of them are kind of fine until 10 years later where like they turn to one of them like turns to a zombie the other one like turns to dust um, but they're trying to experiment to see if they can mix it to, because basically if vampires could figure out a way to stop the defects of vampirism that don't make any sense to them, then they can literally be the, the greatest things to ever exist. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, and there's a whole, there's a, it, it's in the book more than it is there with like the actual world. But in Bloodlust, it's not about that. It's about Carmilla trying to uh, get on them bloody titties again. And Woo! yeah, and uh, Meyer just trying to love this woman. And let's get let's get into that. So Charlotte loves Meyer. Charlotte wants to become a vampire. Meyer doesn't want her to become a vampire because. But here's the thing. You would think if you're a vampire, you would want her to become a vampire. So then you could, if you love her, you can live forever. Or maybe he feels like he's done this before. And eventually, like, no matter how much he loves her, he's going to be annoyed with her. And it's much easier to just let her die as a human than to kill her as a vampire. 
That's you know, true. I don't know how to how to react about that because like, you know, I can understand the aspect of not wanting to turn him into a vampire, to not turn him into like the vicious monster that they perceive themselves as. And in Meyer's case, I think he perceives himself as that. That's part of the reason why I think that he doesn't consume uh, humans. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's like if you're going to take her to another planet and y'all are supposed to live out your days in the stars or something like that, well, guess what, buddy? You're going to live a whole hell of a lot longer and you ain't got no way to get back to get you another one. Yeah, exactly. And she wants it. She's completely down to become a vampire. And he won't do it. Yeah, so... I mean, that's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I've never understood that because it's not it's not just that movie. It's in it's in several where the like uh, if I'm not mistaken, in parts of Dracula, Dracula didn't want to turn Mina into a vampire at first. And then eventually, you know, yeah, it's even in it's even in Vampire D when Doris is like, go ahead, D, take a bite. You can drink my blood. I'm down with it. Yeah, get you now. Like, and I think, and I get it because there's always been a thing where people fall in love with vampires very easily. About in all three of the vampire Hunter D books I've read, some bitch falls in love with D and wants D badly. He he's very pretty. He is he is fucking all that is pretty. Um, let him suck me. I mean, I imagine with that Dracula face, it don't take a whole lot. Probably not. Um. But it's 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 always this thing, and uh, I actually like it in the um, when uh, D goes into the Barbaroy town. Uh, the uh, elder there kind of hits on D. It's mm-hmm. like I hope you don't mind uh, yeah, an yeah. old man like me trying to get up on you. <laughs> like it's really fucking funny that. Um, Give me some of that D, D. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that picture Jay posted in the group. <laughs> she wants the D. Um, she does yeah. to help her save the town. No, she don't give a fuck about the town. That's actually one of the funny parts in in the uh, novel. Dude, that town is so ready to just fucking murder her. Like, they're like, yeah, fuck they that shit. We want to kill the fuck out of her. And Doris is, Doris is actually like a badass in the uh, book. She's way fucking harder. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting harder. I get hard watching this fucking movie. Like, it is just one, like, I will say for this, this is a Blu-ray you you need to get. it. The If you thought the transfer on the first one was amazing, holy shit. Yeah, I got the DVD. I need to get the Blu-ray. Oh, my God. The Blu-ray is fucking breathtaking. I mean, it just, that scene where uh, Borgoff shoots the arrow and D catches it and his horse, like, rears up in the moonlight. Fucking, oh, oh, so badass. If you watch that and you don't get an erection, you are an Anne Rice vampire. There is no (laughs) ifs, ands, or buts around it. You cannot get blood to your dick. Whether you're an Anne Rice vampire or you have, like, uh, a 12 inch penis and you have a hard time getting blood to it because if you get blood to it you're going to lose blood in your other hand and you're going to pass out either way you, there's just no that scene is fucking amazing 
I absolutely fucking love it. Erection. Um, um, and I don't really think it matters which one of these movies you watch first. So I will probably say watch the first one first because if you watch this one and then you go back and watch the first one, you might kind of go, yeah, that first one's not that great. I've heard people who love Bloodlust do not like the first Vampire D movie. I like them both. I, I, I love them both. I think Vampire D does not get the love that it should like when a lot of people talk about like um their first animes from our age group vampire d does not get brought up as much as akira and ghost in the shell um i'll be honest with you i think vampire hunter d was probably the first anime i ever watched of that style you know like like back in the day you know we had animes for us like fucking thundercats and shit like that but but uh I think Vampire Hunter D was like the first of the movie styles that of stuff like that that I actually watched. And then I think after that I was I got into Record of Lotus Wars. Yeah, so when it comes that's a good thing we should get into. We should get into our beginnings of anime. Now, obviously a lot of us watched uh, you know, had an introduction to anime from Toonami. The Blue Girl. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the Blue Girl. That was uh, one of my intros. <laughs> Um, but like watching Dragon Ball Z on Toonami and Ronin Warriors and Tenchi Muyo and Mobile Suit Gundam Thundercats <laughs> is American, not anime. I wasn't going to correct you earlier, but since you brought it up again, not anime. Um, the, okay. By the way, did y'all see the fucking new Thundercats? Nope. Yeah, it looks fucking Doesn't stupid. exist. Oh my God. It's so terrible. But I love that the guy who did the previous one was like, Hey, we gave you exactly what you wanted. Y'all didn't support it, so go fuck yourselves. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is pretty fucking funny. Um, I'm sorry, Kenneth, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you when it really comes down to that. All right. And 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 excuse my ignorance, but I'm curious. I mean, when, when we're discussing anime or something like that, what, I mean, outside of like Disney and shit like that, what really... I mean, is it just the fact so, that it comes from Japan or yes. or, or is there so, any other thing that constitutes it? Originally, it was called Japanimation. Yeah. Okay. Is, um, especially if you go back to the 90s, you'll see the big boom in like a lot of the sci-fi when it would show its stuff, it would call it Japanimation. I remember. Um, so I remember the progression going from Japanimation to Japanime, then to yes. anime. Exactly. And that that's what it ha- happened. And then it became... Anime is is basically the Japanese style of quote unquote cartoons. Um, kind of like the difference between comic books and manga. Technically, same fucking thing. But it's different because of the culture that it came from, called it something else. Kind of like how you have Western RPGs and JRPGs. They're both role-playing games, but there's key small key things of how they're done differently and part like with uh jrpgs you have more of a turn-based battle system that uses menus as to where western rpgs or what we call tabletop based rpgs are more like your uh dungeon crawlers or using D style uh stats as to where in jrpgs it was uh basically uh, you know how, like, we'll take, uh, like, there's a whole joke where we take Japanese things and westernize them? Mm-hmm. JRPGs are, they took a western RPG and was, like, way too complicated, simplify the fuck out of it, 
and make it a, a smaller menu-based thing. So what we normally do to them, where we kind of take it and dumb it down, they did that to us for JRPGs. But yes, basically it's just anime is Japanese animation. We just don't call it Japanese animation anymore because uh, that's too much stuff that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, and the the reason why I say that is because, you know, you corrected me on that and I appreciate it. But at the same time, I mean, it's like that is the one if that I mean, if that be that being an American cartoon, that is the one American cartoon that I have seen that looks just fucking like Japanese. No, I, I agree with you. If there if if someone told me that Thundercats was originally Joan Japan, I'd be like, no shit. I'd believe that. Right, because it looks just fucking like it. The the mannerisms, the way it walks, everything, the way the characters walk, the way they talk, everything. It looks Japanese. I so agree with you. So that's the reason why it's like, if you want to get technical about it, then yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But to me, that for that style, that is the that would probably be the, one of the earliest things that I can remember that would be that style of animation because it looks just like it, even if it didn't uh, come from Japan. Fun fact, Transformers is both is developed simultaneously with Japan and America. Yeah. That's oh, cool. Dude, there's so many things that you can actually see where uh, it's either j- like uh, a Japanese series that they- there's one series that combines like three different Japanese shows to turn it into like one American show. And I can't remember what it is, but yeah, if you ever get interested, you can look up like... Um, like people who've done like uh, these small documentaries that tell you like this uh, show is actually like three or four or like um, how we have Battletech here. It's actually called Macross in Japan, but they've like taken Macross and other things to put together to make Battletech. Hmm. Like, yeah, Power Rangers was not the first time Americans took a bunch of Japanese shit, rolled it together and, and put it in there. In fact, if you go back early enough, the first thing to ever really take Japanese stuff, add American shit to it, and then re-put it out for an American audience was Go- Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That is like the earliest example of that happening. I suppose that is correct. Um, oh, okay. So now I, I, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia, and now I understand why Thundercats looks Japanese. Do they hire a Japanese company to do it? Yeah, the the series for yeah. which Leonard Starr was the head writer follows the adventures of a group of cat-like humanoid aliens. The animation for the episodes was provided by the Japanese studio Pacific Animation Corporation with so, Masaki Izuka as production manager. The studio then, was acquired in 1989 to form Walt Disney Animation Japan. Then I guess we actually do have to say Thundercats is anime. Yeah. I take back what I said. J- Fucking Thundercats is anime. And the reason why I did that is because I was like, there's, it looks too much like it. There's no fucking way that American people can then could do that. You're right. Cause you put, like you put uh, it next to like He-Man masters of the universe. Right. Oh God, and it's so different. So I was just like, I, I just, I couldn't let that one go. Cause I was like, man, there's no hey. fucking way. There's no way that Americans made it look that good. So I get that that's a unique one because it uses American writing and then the animation for it is Japanese. But we typically I want to know what we call um, 
because Netflix has been doing a lot of quote unquote animes. And I want to know, do they, I want to look into some of them and see if they're using American studios to do the animation. And if they are, are they anime or is this a new thing where Westerners are now making their own anime? So do we, for, are they neo anime? Not for all of it, but for a good chunk of it, Netflix is just acting as the, dis- the distribution for it. So it's already made animes and Netflix is just acquiring but, the rights and putting okay. it out. Much like Funimation has the Dragon Ball rights. Funimation is an American thing. company, but they didn't invent Dragon Ball. You know what I recently learned about that? Did you know Funimation was started by a Japanese guy in Texas who had who his a family member of his in Japan called him because they worked in the industry and they were like, dude, there's a thing over here called Dragon Ball. It is blowing the fuck up, homie. You need to get on this. And so the guy like got with another guy in Texas and they sold off like a farm that they worked on or owned and started Funimation just to bring Dragon Ball to America. And they teamed up with Saban Entertainment to uh, put it out there. And Saban eventually kind of dropped it to go make Power Rangers. And then Funimation licensed it to Toonami. Well, licensed it to Cartoon Network, so Cartoon Network could use it for Toonami, and it blew the fuck up after Cartoon Network uh, had the ability to edit it how they wanted it to and hire new people to do a dub, and that's how it blew up. Fun facts. Um, so what was my original point? I was I was looking at what your original point was, where you were talking about how Netflix and other and other companies are doing quote unquote animes. Well, I mean, going by your original point where you were talking about how it had to be done in Japan for it to be considered an anime. Well, the Castlevania series... That's the one I was going to bring up. Thank you. It was done by a company called... One of the companies was called Powerhouse Animation Studios, which is which is based out of Texas. Yeah. So, is anime now so... Because te- it's the same thing with JRPGs. It's no longer... JRPG is now a style of RPG instead of a RPG from Japan... Has anime officially become that? Anime is no longer animation from Japan, but is a style of animation uh, inspired by Japanese animation. Here, listen right. to this. All right, going back to Castlevania, listen to this. The show's art style has heavily influenced the work, was heavily influenced the work by Ayami Kojima did for Castlevania Symphony of the Night. They also took ideas from director Satoshi Kon's work on from character expressions and series such as Cowboy Bebop and Berserk for inserting humor among the more serious elements. The show is produced using 2D hand-drawn animation, taking cues from Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D with staff members that previously worked on Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. The production work closely the production works closely with Konami, the holders of the Castlevania franchise who helped to identify small continuity issues but were otherwise very receptive towards the work. So I think it's I, I think at this current moment, if you were just utilizing the Castlevania series it it, it 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 could be considered a collaboration with Japanese. I mean, if not for anything else, Konami, but you got people that worked on Bloodlust. So I, I guess we have to say that anime is now no longer just animation from Japan. Anime is a style. Anime, a, a style of animation that is inspired by Japanese animation. And now Americans can make it. So, man, I, we learned some new shit here today. Thundercats is an anime. 
Yeah. Uh, I might have to go back and watch like a few episodes of some OG Thundercats just so I can sit back there and go, so, you know what? Just looking watch- at Mumra's. Hold on, hold on. Looking at Mumra's M- Mumra's abs. Those are Japanese abs. Those are 100. <laughs> like thinking about it, if you look at Mumra's design when he goes all beast mode, his like torso is definitely a Japanese anime style torso. I just want to point that out. <laughs> uh, go back and watch. Just watch the intro to Thundercats, mm-hmm. and that's all you really need to see. With the way they jump around, the speed lines on uh, Chitara, whatever the hell her name is, um, the explosions—it just screams anime. Damn, that's fucking man. That's crazy to think. Like, wow. Okay. Uh, sorry, I got, I'm kind of. Kind of flabbergasted at Thundercats right now. <laughs> like, I'm glad that I could bring that up. Can we stop you, doing sir. Kill the Cast and just do a podcast on Thundercats? Well, Dude, we have that uh, side one we're talking about. Yeah, l- like Thunder. That's got to be enough. Yeah, I've got oh, the whole guys, series. I'm pretty sure I'll, I might have to look into to get. We're uh we're talking about doing a uh side cast, um where we just pick something out of nerd them and do a show on it um like like some of the first like ones we're gonna do if we actually go through with this is uh the original berserk anime from the 90s and uh the uh matrix ah yeah i fucking love the matrix Uh, that reminds me i have questions for you jay yeah this is how like we're gonna do and so if you would like if you're cool with that and you want to see us do that let us know, because um, we for sure want to look into doing it. Um, we would do it to try to not really affect Kill the Cast. We still want to put out at least two Kill the Cast shows every month. But maybe you would like to see us do one of those shows. Those would be a little bit different, because like we would take on, like, like for Berserk, we're going to have to watch like 26 episodes. Um, for The Matrix, I don't know if we would just do one movie or do... I All could talk plus the for animation. hours and hours about the Matrix, um, and maybe we do season one of Thundercats. I wouldn't I'm even just... have to prep for the Matrix show. You could like tomorrow recording the Matrix show. Like, great, let's do it. Uh, I, uh, Kenneth, I, uh, Kenneth, I can hear you wanting to do it <laughs> right now. Like Kenneth is like rearing up to ask you a question. No, I'm, a, but... I'm just, I was just gonna say, don't fucking jump right off of Skype after we get done recording. Okay. Hold up, but you should save that because I think we should do. These are things that I have to get out of my head. Okay. Okay. Now. Fair enough. So, guys, <laughs> if you would like to actually hear us do this side show where we kind of tackle other nerdy uh, shows, and not just shows, we could do video games, we could do books, we could do all kind of different things. That would just be a lot of fun. Uh, let us know. Also, did I forget to mention? Uh, there was a PlayStation 1 video game based off Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. You're welcome. It slides... It's... Uh, if you've played Resident Evil, it uses those exact same tank controls. It takes place completely in Carmilla's castle. Um, and it's not very good. But you still Just have so it. Just so y'all know. Huh? Yeah, but you do have it, right? Uh, yes, I have a copy on my shelf somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I got from Kenneth. Mm-hmm. That's why you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, guys, don't play that game. It's it's fucking awful. It is just not good. I was actually um, surprised that they put it out at all. 
I was surprised too because um, there's also but here's the thing though like there was a gigantic boost of anime in the 90s so in the early 2000s so they were like because there was a Ghost in the Shell game that came out for the PlayStation 1 um, there was a, a Record of Lotus War game came out for the Dreamcast a Berserk game came out for the Dreamcast really? yeah those Record of Lotus game war were oh god I just screwed that whole title up that Record of Lotus War game was legit. <laughs> Damn, I did not even know that. It was like Diablo. Dude, I just if got I remember a, correctly. I just got on fucking Amazon. Look, and, I need uh, to order me a Dreamcast. <laughs> no, I'm looking at this Vampire Hunter D game. $202. Don't ever... Okay, I'm going to teach everyone here something real quick in case you don't know. If you want to look up used game prices... Never look up Amazon. Oh, the only reason can... why I was looking is I was just like, my is God. Because you can yeah. get the Japanese import for $23. Oh, I'm sure if you go on eBay and look up sold listing, that Vampire D game for PlayStation 1 is probably like 20 bucks used. Complete. Because I think, because sometimes when I get on Amazon, I'm just like, really? Some of these people on here, man, the yeah, shit complete, that they ask for. Average huh? complete price of Vampire Hunter D is 25 bucks. Exactly. So it's it's not one of those things where it like people go on Amazon and they'll list it at any price. Just like you can do the same thing with eBay. Um, and in fact, that's a lot of the reason when you see those YouTube videos that are like, "Here's 20 toys you used to own that are now worth a million dollars." First one, your Game Boy Color, and it's like, no, Game Boy Color is not worth a million dollars. But this person listed it for six hundred dollars. Okay, but that's just the listed price that's like the same thing with like uh if you ever want to see something funny look up black diamond disney vhs tapes yeah oh god so there was i it, there was like a buzzfeed or one of them like clickbaity websites that said these movies are worth so much it's because somebody somewhere listed them for an insane amount of money and now everyone thinks they're actually worth money, which they're not. Because if you actually look at eBay and sold listings, they sell for a couple of bucks a piece, which is yeah. all any VHS should you really can, be selling for. You can go to Goodwill and find it. Like There are VHS tapes out there that are rare and sell for thousands of dollars. Uh, there's uh, one Tales from the Quad Dead Zone or some shit like that. It's worth fucking bank. But Black Diamond Disney VHSs, are not in that fucking category. But people like to think they are because BuzzFeed wrote an article based off some eBay listing they saw that someone just listed. I can list, I can list fucking uh, a piece of uh, Kenneth's toenail for $5 million. It doesn't mean it's worth $5 million. You have nice toenails, Kenneth. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've jacked off to him while you were sleeping one time. But they're not worth $5 million. You know there's a fucking soundtrack on here? For what, Vampire D? Yeah. I, dude, soundtrack, we didn't talk about that, but the soundtrack for both movies, fantastic. Right. I didn't think they'd have this, the individual soundtrack, but here it is. Cool. It's fucking... I'm on eBay fucking, now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bloodlust is, is one you definitely need to check out. Um, both these movies are fucking fantastic. Um, and if we do another anime double feature, what movies... Do you guys think we should cover just spitballing? I feel like Ninja Scrolls up there. Goddamn right, love it Ninja is. Scrolls so much. Every time you say Ninja Scroll, I'm just gonna say I love Ninja Scroll. <laughs> I think we should do Ninja Scroll and Akira. That'd be cool. Akira uh, could be its own episode, man. That's a deep fucking movie. 
Oh, uh, dude, I recently re- uh, went through the manga. Holy shit. Yeah, see, I like the idea, but I still like the idea of doing both of them because it's like both movies, even though even though Ninja Scroll is not nowhere near as heavy as Akira is, but they're totally fucking opposite ends of the spectrum, too. Of, of, yeah, it's kind of like Perfect Blue, and, Perfect Blue and Wicked City. Right. We're uh, both kinda, I, I also want to point out that uh, bravo to the director of Vampire D. Bloodlust because normally when he does a movie... It is extreme violence, uh, a lot of nudity, a lot of rape. They're like, you look at Wicked City, you look at Ninja Scroll. Um, I've never seen the segment he did for the Animatrix, but I'm assuming there's rape in there. Which, uh, what, do you know the name of it? No, God, fuck no. What's the director's uh, name? Uh, hold up, I have it written down. Because I'll tell I can look at the name of the segment and tell you what it's about. <laughs> uh, Yoshiki Kawajiri. Okay, I'm just gonna okay continue talking. I'm gonna do some IMDb um, research. Yoshiaki, guys. Yoshiaki. Thank you. Well, Kenneth, can I just have you like say the Japanese names from now on? Yeah, it's Yoshiaki like, Kawajiri. <laughs> this is Bloodlust, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Bloodlust. He did uh one of the fucking ones for the Animatrix. Or some shit. But he normally does like very hyper violent, hyper sexualized like things. But on Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, I felt like he he reared that shit back and was like, I'm about to be so goddamn professional on this. And he while he had elements of that in here, it was like if you would have told me that this is the same guy who did Wicked City and did Ninja Scroll, I would be like, "Holy shit, really?" Because he, it, it just, it just seems like a much more. It comes from a direct, a much more mature director. Um, but I guess it shows his range. He can handle something that he takes more serious. Where it's, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trim some of this stuff because I want it to be, like he left out the rape, that's in the <laughs> novel. There is rape in the novel. He had full use of rape and he was like no nah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna chill well, I'm not gonna do that you also gotta look about uh, think about target audience too I mean it's like you know those types of themes may be regularly rampant in Japan I'm not sure but they could be regularly rampant in Japan um, but for but for a wider range audience to get here in America you can't have that shit in there man so in the in the 90s boom of anime uh, and also the 90s boom of anime in Japan you had a lot more animes that are com- were coming out that were more extreme and more out there. In fact, uh, a lot of the the promotion for like sci-fi or whatever, when they put out their commercials, it was always about how extreme and adult this anime is and how crazy it was. Like, because this guy also directed uh, Goku Midnight Eye, which is another fucking. I crazy love movie. that movie. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, I can per- send you a digital. No, no, copy. no, no. I mean to to purchase. Like, oh, okay. Um, but you had tons of animes like the Gogo 13 Killer B, Twilight of the Dark Master, um, Bio Hunter. You had all these like really crazy fucking out there animes that were coming out in the 90s. And then as you rolled into the 2000s, uh, they started calming down a bit more with that as they were becoming more accepted in America for standard stuff, mostly because of what 
uh, a lot of the anime series were doing, Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho and shit like that, uh, were like, well, if we calm down, we can get more of this younger American audience. So yeah, I, I do believe you're right in that. They they Considering the times, they probably did calm that shit down a lot to actually do that. Yeah, I mean, because I think I think it, it, it goes into one of my key phrases damn, that I love so much is that everything is situational. And that's one of those things that's situational. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't you can't get to a teenage audience or or I guess early teen or preteen audience, you know, that are that are majorly into shit like you were saying, like Dragon Ball and stuff like that. You can't get that when the parents find out that you've got this fucking big rock dude that's holding this chick by the neck and fucking damn basically fucking her until he nuts and rips her in half. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, that's just... not for you, children. Right. Uh, my mom I mean... just assumed they were cartoons and let me rent whatever I wanted. Yeah, same here. I uh, rented Agent Akio when I was a, a very uh, young which lad. Which is actually how I rented Le Blue Girl. I was like, no, mom, it's just one of my Japanese cartoons. Don't worry, it's just violent. That's why it, it says funny. adults only. She's like, okay, when, whatever. <laughs> when you look at, because uh, Urban Vision put out a lot of these. I rented so many fucking Urban Vision uh, ones put out Wicked City, Biohunter, Vampire Hunter D. And on the back, they have a thing that says for mature audience. Some of them would say like, absolutely not for children, for adults. Yeah, those are and, my favorite. Oh, man. And I, I'd be able to rent them because, one, my dad really didn't give a shit what I watched except for South Park. So I could watch whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, in fact, one of the first, the two DVDs I owned as a, as a kid, the first two DVDs I owned was Shark Hunter and Akira. And back then, buying anime was... Akira was probably like a fucking $40 DVD when I bought it. It was one of the first, like, big DVDs you bought as, at, for anime. Um, and I remember buying, like, fucking after that, getting buying Wicked City and buying Perfect Blue... And, like, they were so fucking expensive, but it was better than buying episodes because you literally would pay $40 and you got four episodes of a series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I can remember the, sucked. the only place when I was a teenager, the only place where you could buy animes like that was at Tim's Comic Shop when it was it was a lot smaller than what it is now. And, uh, yeah, man, those fucking... We would go in there, me and Shane would go in there, and, you know, my dad... <laughs> Jerry, you knew my dad. He he fucking yeah. he'd watch damn near anything. So fucking, I didn't have the luxury of a parent being like, oh, it's just you could just say, oh, it's just one of your Japanese cartoons. Oh no, no, my <laughs> dad was into Asian culture. He wasn't dumb. <laughs> and okay. so oh, and so yeah, so them. Uh, but when we were going to Tim's, man, me and Shane would go in there and shit, and you fucking you'd spend fifty fucking dollars. Like I remember trying to get my hands on a DVD copy of Vampire Hunter D because Shane had it. And then I, t I tried to get him and Tim would have to fucking order it for me. And if he ordered it for me, it was like 50 fucking dollars. Yo. The anime was expensive. Holy shit. Was, I used to get it from Suncoast. There was a place that, and I, it was not a circuit city and it wasn't a Best Buy, um, but it was like those stores, but they had a big anime section where they actually had toys. Like, I bought my first Dragon Ball Z toy there. It wasn't Media was, Play, uh, was it? Me, oh, my God. That's what it was. Media Play in Georgia. That's mm -hmm. funny. Uh, 
and it wasn't i don't remember what part of georgia it was because i know we had to travel because i lived in griffin and i know we had to travel to get there the two media plays that i know of there was one in douglasville and there was one in um uh morrow by south lake mall uh it was i don't i really don't remember because i was I, I was in elementary school it would have probably um, been that one because it was just a straight shot to get up to morrow from fucking Griffin yeah. up 75 uh but i you know i, I bought a toy of kid trunks and that nice. shit hadn't even shown in America yet. Yeah. I only knew about them because of spending five hours to download a 30-second clip from Trunks as a kid <laughs> in fucking one of the fucking Broly movies. Dial up. Oh, man. That's the best. Yeah. It was fucking oh. awful. Me oh, and uh, my my dad's ex-fiance's kid, Billy, we would be fucking downloading fucking 30-second clips from Dragon Ball Z from shit that didn't show up here. Yeah, you know, in America yet it was crazy. Uh, did you? So I'm guessing you found that thing about Animatrix. Yeah. Okay. So he directed the segment called Program. Um, the Animatrix Was it programming rape. No, there's no rape ah. in this. Um, what? and I I can't remember if the violence is graphic. I don't think it's too bad. That might have been a request from the Chowskis. I don't know because the Matrix isn't really graphic at all as far as the violence is concerned. Uh, but no, anyway, like graphic and ripping off Ghost in the Shell. But, uh, all right, shut up. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the Animatrix is comprised of a few different segments. A few of them are written by the Wachowskis that directly tie into the movies. The other ones are just ones that take place within the same universe. This happens to be one of those. Uh, it's produced by Madhouse, who did The Vampire Hunter D's, Trigun, One Punch Man, so on and so forth. Uh, but basically, is fucking it amazing. takes place in a simulation... Um, that is set up to look like feudal Japan. The main character fights a bunch of random samurais at the beginning. Then she fights another, uh, I don't even know what to call him, another Matrix inhabitant. Um, as they're fighting, the opposition goes on and on about how he wants to be plugged back into the Matrix, how he's going to contact the machines and be like, put me back in and I'll help you fight them, and tries to convince her to join him. And she says no. And then at the end of it, you find out uh, after she kills him, at the end of it, you find out it's just a test simulation to make sure that you're not going to turn on the humans. Uh, but it's a it's a good segment from what I can What's remember. What's wrong the with turning is, on humans? <laughs> the animation is uh, is really decent. And of course, with it being in feudal Japan, you get a lot of cool, awesome samurai shit going on. All right. Well, that sounds dope. Maybe we'll cover it when we get to the Matrix part three or whatever. Uh so well, before you we watch get Animatrix of... between one and two. Oh, I'm sorry. So <laughs> one, episode 1.5. Um, so before we get out of here, guys, um, let's kind of real quickly um, just kind of shout out some of our favorite animes in case anyone else wants more recommendations. Um, just in general? Yeah, just in general. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in horror. Um, for me... Uh, Berserk is my all-time favorite fucking anime ever, manga ever, uh, everything ever. Uh, it's it's one of the greatest stories I've ever read. It's still ongoing in the manga form to this day. Uh, it's got an original series uh, from 95 or something like that. It's got three movies that came out not too long ago, and then it has a uh, very, 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 very fucking horrible CG uh anime that started in 2016 and it's two seasons in and it looks god awful and i mean bad like yeah. it's not it's not just CG, the anime cg it's not just belong. the cg no there no cg can work the three uh berserk movies that has cg in it also 
the the reason why this one doesn't work is because the person fucking making it has never made fucking CG anime before and doesn't know how fucking camera angles work <laughs> and keeps fucking flipping around because he doesn't know how to make fucking jack shit because everything he's made before this is fucking 2D cutesy little girl shit and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he's ruining Berserk. I only watch it because <laughs> the story's so goddamn good but he's fucking with me. Like, uh, I'm not fucking... He is just fucking awful. Your um, rant is anyway, cracking me up. Uh... Berserk, and if you want to get into something really fucking heavy, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh man, that'll is... make you question your fucking uh, reality. Yeah, and and then, that's a, uh, that's an existential crisis wrapped up in a fucking anime. Yes. <laughs> um, I also I'm a huge Ghost in the Shell fan, and I'm a huge Trigun fan. Those are Trigun. those so Berserk, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Trigun, and uh, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, Jay, what do you got? Okay, so my all-time favorite is Dragon Ball Z. Show has a ton of flaws, though, but it was like the anime that got me into anime, so it's always got a special place in my heart. Um, uh, let's see. Cowboy Bebop. That's probably one of the best animes that I am also a fan of. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is fantastic, consisting of, I think there's 26 episodes and a single movie. You watch the movie and you only in between have to watch, like, the last two episodes. episodes. What? No, stop that. No, you can you can literally you can literally watch four episodes and the movie and you have like what is Cowboy Bebop and then everything else is basically their version of Monster of the Week things um that give you like little bits and pieces of more of the background story for each character. But literally if you just want to know like the story of Spike, you watch four episodes in the movie. I guess Either way, it's fantastic, and everyone should watch it. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, there's two of them out there. Uh, I prefer Brotherhood because it's I, closer to the manga. I, I will what? say this. I started Full Metal Alchemist, and I was like five episodes in, and I was like, this is hot garbage, and I stopped watching it. But recently, I watched Brotherhood, and oh my fucking god, that was good. Yeah. So watch Brotherhood. It's way better than the original. In my opinion, some people still prefer the original, but if Brotherhood they is closer. the original, they're fucking wrong. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they can go fuck themselves. But the Brotherhood is closer to the manga. A uh, couple movies. Ninja Scroll. That's really good. Uh, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Fucking amazing. I don't Not know Street why. Street Fighter 2V, the animated series. That show's good too but not as amazing as Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. I don't know why someone can't just take this fucking story and make it a goddamn live-action movie. It's not that damn hard. They just assume everyone knows who the character is, which is how you make a video game movie. We don't need stupid-ass backstory. We don't need stupid half-Asian people playing Chinese people. And we don't need... Uh, it's just... Make a goddamn Street Fighter movie that's good. Fucking people. Either way, that's, that's amazing. Great fights. The special moves are in it. The characters look great, and the story is simple. Um, uh, that's it. There's tons of other shit, but start with that. Kenneth, you got any you want to throw out there? Street Fighter. Uh, let me see. Uh, Thundercats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what else. Um, I deserve that. Yeah, Wicked City. That one's great. We've talked about it before. Ninja Scroll, the Ninja Resurrection series, even though it didn't go very far, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I wish they had. For the record, not related to Ninja Scroll, nope. technically, 
Uh, but literally, they are... They want to be the spiritual successor to Ninja Skull so fucking hard that they faked it until they made it. <laughs> yeah, and then it just fucking cliffhangered off, which pissed me off. But it was... It, it, That's true. It was really fucking good. Um, just, 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 what else? Uh... Let's see, uh, Baba Black, uh, <laughs> Mistreated Bride. Uh, those are some good ones. You know what I'm saying? Um, Dragon Ball Z, always, man. Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball series, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Those are fucking both of them. Are great. I, I have a horror. Like I've went, I went back recently, and uh, watched some Dragon Ball Z and. I I think I'm never gonna go back and watch a series again. I think. If I watch any more of it, um, I will just ruin it for myself because there are so many things now that I can see on it that I'm just like, so I'm the Holy kind of person. Shit, there's huge flaws. I'm the kind of person that can recognize the flaws and still enjoy it. Like the, it's a very formulaic show. Bad guy shows up, good guys lose, good guys get stronger, bad guy loses, bad guy shows up. He's- it's not that it's Goku. It's okay. I it's okay because Vegeta story arc is worth Vegeta is anyway. Fucking amazing, but Goku is literally the worst superhero, the worst good guy, the worst protagonist I've ever fucking seen. He is a fucking awful father. He is a fucking awful husband. He's an awful fucking human being. He's an awful Saiyan. I wouldn't he say he's an does... awful human being. Uh, let's see. Uh, in Dragon Ball Super, he knowingly puts the world in jeopardy like three times because he wants to fight stronger people and doesn't really give a shit that the world might get destroyed. Goku always, aside from the real deep parts of it that you just said, the, the minimalist part of Goku... Always reminded me of Superman. Goku is the most selfish person that's ever been called a good guy, ever. He literally puts himself and his wanting to fight above everything. Above friends, above family, above the fucking safety of the world. And they keep wishing to bring him back. (laughs) And And even then when he's... When he's, like, supposed to, like... Like, he literally destroyed King Kai's planet and, and fucking killed King Kai. And he still hasn't brought that motherfucker back. Even though he had the ability to. Because he gathered all the Dragon Balls. He still didn't fucking do it. Goku is a piece of shit. And I'm sorry, Zach, if you're listening. But Goku is fucking off. How have you never kissed your wife? How have you had sex with your wife and yet you've never kissed her on the lips? How does that even fucking happen? Even Vegeta calls you out saying that Saiyans are supposed to treat their wives better. Like, what's because Vegeta is, is the best character in Dragon Ball Z. He is. He, Hands 100%, down. Vegeta is the best, and then Future Trunks is the second best character development wise. Even though Future Trunks is my favorite character of all time in Dragon Ball Z. Future Trunks is fun, but Vegeta. Uh, does Vegeta favorite. treat Bulma well? Uh, yes. Yes. He. Oh, God. Holy yes. shit. Because I never Dude, really paid he, attention to it until you guys oh said something. Oh, my God. If you watch uh, Battle of the Gods, he literally eats his fucking pride uh, to try to, like, keep um, uh, Beerus happy. And then when Bulma gets pissed off and slaps the shit out of Beerus, he basically is like, I'm going to die, but I have to because you just uh, hit my wife. Because he slaps her back. 
And Vegeta goes fucking insane. Yeah, I fucking love Vegeta so much. It's the second most like, uh, like nicest thing Vegeta's ever done. Be- just because nothing's gonna top the scene when he's Majin Vegeta and he hugs Trunks, and then he's like, "I'm dying now, guys, but I'm gonna save all of you." Oh, that shit was so fucking good. To repent oh, again, wow. best. Best scene of Dragon Ball Z period. There, that was like, my to me, favorite. There's no scene. That was my favorite section of Dragon Ball Z is Majin Vegeta. That whole that whole thing. Uh, He's fucking. Mine's the Android Goku. saga. I'm about to hop that. on and just watch the fucking. <laughs> the Android saga for me is is always my favorite, but I think it's because Future Trunks. Like, like the first time watching Vegeta fights fucking Goku, dude, my dick was hard. I was like, oh, dude. Oh. oh, fun fact. And now that we're completely off topic, fun fact. Uh, Vegeta has technically never ever lost to Goku, so there's that. Uh, every time huh. they every time they fight, somebody else intervenes or the fight ends for some other reason. The very first fight, Goku would have died if it wasn't for Yajirobe. If Yajirobe right. was just no one on one, Goku got bodied. Goku got fucking bodied by Vegeta until Yajirobe intervened by fucking luck, cutting off his tail. You're right, 100%. And then the uh, Majin fight uh, ends because Vegeta has to sacrifice himself. They don't actually finish. They never actually finished a fight. Yeah, you're right. I, holy shit. Um, like I said, no wonder he's pissed off all the time. All right, well, fuck. <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, one last, last Vampire Hunter D fact for you. Uh, the guy who voiced Vampire Hunter D in the first movie voiced uh the trailer for vampire d bloodlust even though he did not play d in bloodlust so there you go uh thank you everyone for the oh uh and also if you're wondering why we're not doing the itunes giveaway it's because right before we went on i tried to pull up itunes and it crashed on my computer so we're gonna do it next one um so we'll pick two winners uh between patreon and uh itunes so check all that out um, as always, you can find us on Facebook. We have a page and a Facebook group. Come in the Facebook group where we do all kind of polls and yeah, random come talks. In the and, group. <laughs> yeah, come in the Facebook group. You can do uh, tribute photos to Kenneth. <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, uh, we have a YouTube channel where we are doing a weekly news series. So if you want to just pop on like a 15 to 20 minute video that will give you small updates on what's happening in the world of horror, including uh, new releases coming to Blu-ray or new movies coming to theaters. Check that out along with other series. Jay does a fantastic job putting those together. Um, we, of course, have a Patreon that you can check out and donate to if you want and kind of give us stuff to do, pick stuff we can do. I got a little bit of Patreon stuff I need to get done maybe for the next show. Um, other than that... Uh, we are on killthecast.podbean.com and we are also on legionpodcast.com. Check out Legion Network. Tons of great shows on there. I highly recommend uh, Hero Hero Ghost Show if you're looking for one there. Godzilla vs. King Kong uh, episode produced uh, Elvis Kong, which is the funniest fucking thing in the world. Definitely check that out. Other than that, guys, um, anybody got anything they want to say? No, watch our new show and give me advice on what you'd like to see because I need feedback. Yeah, feedback. That's it. Give me fucking feedback, you pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call our fans. 
Colorfans pieces of shit. They you know, love like, it. Exploding heads have headites. We have pieces of shit. And anybody out there that's listening that can recommend some of the most absolutely violent and depraved anime out there, throw me some links. Yeah, definitely. Depraved uh, you've got anime? animes. Let's see. I mean, because I'm one. I'm uh, one of the, Jerry knows. I'm one of those guys that you know when it comes to. Other stuff, other than like the mainstream stuff that we talked about, I love the most violent, sickest shit that you can think uh, of. Parasite's yeah. pretty violent. I've watched Parasite's that. Pretty violent. Uh, uh, you Gantz. Got... That was Gantz good. is good. Biohunter is a good movie. Oh, Twilight yeah. of the Dark Master, which I know you've seen Twilight of the Dark Master because I'm pretty sure you I've made you watch that. I thought I've seen, I think I've seen Biohunter. Um, there's uh, Biohunter. You've probably seen uh, Goku Midnight Eye is pretty good. I haven't seen um, that one. I don't think that one's like super graphic though. There's that fucking uh when Gokum and I is it that or fucking Biohunter where they use the chick's head as a motorcycle fucking thing. Nice. I, I pretty, which one it was. I don't know. I don't remember that in Goku Midnight Eye, but again it's been forever since I watched it. I love the violence of Japanese anime. So yeah, throw us some fucking violent weird shit. Give us AMV Hell Zero. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, uh, I tried to look those up to find to show to somebody, and I could not find them. I believe I've got a copy I can send you. Uh, um, those are fucking great. Uh, I only have AMV Hell Zero because it's the fucked up one. It's the hentai um, one. <laughs> yes, correct. More uh, cord. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, guys, we are out of here. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time on Kill the Cast. Uh, we'll jump back into uh, regular horror for our next show. Um, so with that being said, we love you, uh, you pieces of shit. That's not a good name, Jay. That's <laughs> not. Sorry. We gotta, we gotta rethink sorry. that. Can we go back to just calling them the cast and talking about killing them? Where's Watson at? I need him to make me another commercial. Um, by the way, I hope you uh, guys who listened to the Watson interview enjoyed that. If you know who you want me to interview next let me know um i know kenneth's mad because he wasn't on that show so you maybe you'll have to give me someone that kenneth likes so we, he can be on one of those again um i know dave said he wants to come back on with like but he wants someone else to come on with him so we'll see what happens there other than that uh, we are out of here guys we will see you next time